Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of Sights on Sinnoh. We are here this week reviewing the Arceus Chronicles. That's right, that's how you say that word. With me is Manny. How's it going? Pretty good. I um I haven't watched a lot of journeys, so this was an interesting dive back into Sinnoh and also the Pokemon anime for me. And I know you watched this originally when it came out before, or is this your first time watching it? No, th- this is my first time because okay. uh, it was a Amazon Japan exclusive ah. series. Yeah, so the only way you could watch it, I think, was through uh, VPN. Um, but I'm kind of curious because I-, I haven't been caught up with uh, the Journey sub. So I'm kind of curious to see if like this is canon into part of the anime, uh, the current anime, or if it's just like its own special thing. Yeah, I, I think that's my question too, because it could like it's it's very like oh they aren't in the middle of something. It's just like oh we're going to go and focus on this journey. But yeah, before we do that, uh, if anyone is unfamiliar with what Arceus Chronicles are. This is a series, as Manny just explained, and I'm Will, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if I said my name, <laughs> but <laughs> it's basically a series that was made to promote the Legends Arceus game, which came out earlier this year in 2022, and I believe debuted around the same time as that release. So it's a big, like, it's a it's a marketing thing, like, <laughs> um. They've done this a lot with the movies, but I don't really, there's nothing at the top of my head that comes to mind for TV specials at this scale, I guess, right? Yeah, I I don't believe so. Like, even in watching, like, the subs, I don't believe they've, like, done, like, a separate series to promote a game i know they've done like i guess like promotions like with like codes for like giveaways for the kids that watch through tv tokyo Mm -hmm. but other than that i think this is probably the first time they've done this yeah like the closest thing i can think of is the riolu two-part episode which was admittedly a bit forced in its placement i didn't make a ton of sense in the Diamond and Pearl anime when it first released, but it's still okay and it's still a part of the larger series that's coming out at the time. But this is very much its own thing and you don't really need to watch the rest or vice versa need to know this. As far as we know, I actually haven't finished the series yet. Yeah, because did, did you watch the XY anime? No, but I did hear from JM that there was a separate series uh-huh. following... Um, yeah. Alan. Alan, yes. That was, yeah, pretty much based on the Megas, and that's how they tied him into the, the series. Um, but were the introduction of Megas during that period... Yes, when, um, during was, oh, okay. X and Y is when so Megas then, first came to the game. So then I guess that would count as... Like, X and Y, the series was still happening because the X and Y games came out. 
but there was never like a Z or oh, so, that's true, that's true. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, I, I see your point that there there was an actual miniseries, which is kind of novel at least at the time, and now we're getting one almost ten years later, actually. And this series is, of course, based off the game, as I mentioned earlier, which I've seen the trailer for. I've played a bunch of Legends Arceus so far. And lately, I've been doing a lot of the mass, mass outbreaks. And I believe you were somewhere in the post game, you said? Yeah, I, I, I haven't played it since like the post game. I finished like collecting all the plates. And that's pretty much where I left off. Um, Got it. So you haven't like faced Arceus, like, I I think. Um, I get two sidetracked. So I'm... did you like complete your decks and catch Arceus or? No, I haven't done none of that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So like I'm yeah. I'm still missing like the genies. I think I'm missing some Pokemon mm-hmm. that I haven't found yet. Um, I did catch. Like Manaphy. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, and I did do the the shaman thing. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. I don't remember if I caught the lake spirits. Pretty sure I did. Yeah, I think that's part of the quest before the. It's it's part of the main story. So you probably did that there. Yeah, but I I haven't like touched my switch at all. Hmm. What? So, Why not? What have you been up to? <laughs> it's because it's like I'm I'm very bad at buying games. Like I see a game and I'm like, okay, immediately pre-order it, and I get it and I play it for like a week, and then for some reason I just don't go back to them mm. unless they're like Pokemon games. Pokemon mm-hmm. games are usually ones that I I always finish, uh, but I think during the post game, my sister wanted uh, she got interested in Demon Slayer, so we did a watch through. Of that, so I think that's why I kind of never went back to the game because I was focusing on uh, her watch through because like it was like her first anime, so I kind of oh that's nice like, to me it was kind of like a big deal. It's like oh like you're gonna be into anime and this is probably like your first anime. Um, so yeah, but I just I haven't like I bought a I forgot what game I bought. Oh, I bought the the Lego Star Wars and I played it with her, but we haven't gone back to it either. So <laughs> I'm not good at <laughs> games at all. Um, which sucks because I uh, I'm tempted to get the the new OLED um, Scarlet and Violet Switch, mm-hmm. but I keep telling myself like, are you really going to use it? Or <laughs> in the box. Uh, so yeah. Fair, fair. For me, I ordered the game from Costco, I think, and they don't send it out until launch day. <laughs> So I didn't get it for a while and then I just ended up buying it from the eShop because I just really wanted to play it. So I I think that worked out actually. It's kind of nice to have a Pokemon game that I can just switch to and don't have to pull out the cartridge or anything. Pretty much everything else for me is on the cartridge. So that works out really nicely. And yeah, it's been... I've been catching a bunch of shinies, which is nice. I just really like using the different balls to capture new things. Um, so has has the the shiny like rate been easier with the new like massive mass outbreaks, or is it? 
still uh it kind of depends like what usually helps me is maximizing the pokédex so if you complete someone's entry completely like get the full check marks on it that will increase your rate even more and the mass mass outbreaks typically help you because there's just more in one place so if you beat them or catch them they'll spawn more and that makes it, it's kind of similar how to the mass outbreak was before but you just have less control over it because if the storm stops which is what's causing the mass outbreaks they'll all disappear okay yeah see i haven't done the new update either yeah i finished it i thought there was going to be more to it honestly so a little disappointed there but th there's definitely a enough to do to just go back to and if you're a shiny hunter definitely um you can get a bunch out of that game for less time <laughs> than you would in other games if you want to do the same stuff but just to know and i think this is going to come out in order uh if you haven't finished the diamond and pearl anime there'll be some spoilers as we review this series but this is also kind of our chance to explain and give our thoughts on do you need to watch the original diamond and pearl series before watching this one and if you want to stick around for that feel free to do so as well but just be aware this happens after and there's a ton of things in part one that mention that and we're also planning on doing this one part slash one week at a time and there's four parts total in this series netflix however has made them all into one big episode basically like a, a small movie that's a, an hour long so if you don't know the part differences we'll mention them as we go through and you'll kind of see at the end of the episode which one it is we're also gathering this from bulbapedia if you want to go and look there for each part number so with all that out of the way you ready to jump in let's jump on in all right so what struck me immediately is that we are currently in a review of the diamond and pearl series in cantilave city and this <laughs> this starts off with our heroes going to this city but before we do that very much like all the other movies it starts off with a narration from our classic narrator as long as well as some random shots of pokemon just like running around the wilderness and it it goes over that we're in the world of pokemon and Arceus has always been here before every Pokemon and every human. What did you think about that intro to Arceus and kind of a mini explanation of the world? I kind of like it. Um, it. It's always like one of the things that I like in terms of like the movies or, or like specials where they kind of like introduce you to the world of Pokemon. Um, especially when they, like, they show like different varieties. Mm. And it's since I don't watch the dub, it's always kind of like refreshing to hear like the narration. Um, so it always feels like it always gives you that feeling of like, oh, this is something very like the series is very important. It's not just a regular like episode. Yeah, it, it gives it some it feel, gravitas. Yeah, definitely it makes it feel like big in a sense. Right. I saw this and. 
I I couldn't help but think it felt a bit like a budget movie intro <laughs> compared to the rest. Uh, because you yeah. just... Ju- yeah, I gathered that mostly because you just see all these Pokemon moving in one direction, and there's only, like, one of each, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> why are they together? <laughs> um, I wrote down random migration um, <laughs> as it starts off, and at first I was like, oh, of course, they're going to show every Pokemon that's in the game, and then immediately off the bat, there's a camera up in there. And neither Nummel or Camerupt are in Legends Arceus. This is true. But all the Pokemon I believe that are in there are Gen 1 through 4 Pokemon. So they did stick to that. So Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't like really connect the dots until like you said it. I was like, oh, that's true. There's Gen 1 through 4. Yeah, and yeah. Then, I yeah, watching it like I didn't, it didn't really click in my head. Like, oh, this is just Gen One through Four. I, I thought I was just like, oh, they're just showing the Pokemon. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I. <laughs> so, so I kind of have questions about that, but, but and they'll come up in a little bit as we move along into the actual story, which again starts off with our characters landing in Canalive City of Go and Ash literally just running off the boat towards the city into what's supposed to be a recreation of the town in Legends Arceus because there is a Sinnoh festival happening. And did you catch the cameo in the background as they're walking through this area? I did not. Who cameoed? There was the Magikarp salesman. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, oh, I don't know how I missed him. He hasn't appeared for... Well, I think he made an appearance in Journeys, right? Yeah. Okay. He's made an appearance. Because for the longest time, his last appearance was in Diamond and Pearl. Um, the B-Button the B button League episode, I believe. So it was, it was kind of neat to see some history acknowledged there. And as they're just walking around, they're there for research. And right off the bat, what did you think about this being a mission that they've received from Professor Cerise as they do their Pokemon Research Fellow stuff? They they never specified what it was, right? Not really. As far as they gathered... As far as I gathered, they were just there to do research, but it was very vague. Yeah, because I think they they weren't even aware of the festival until someone tells them. Well, I think they were aware was happening. I just don't think they had a goal of what they were supposed to do there. Because they're like racing down towards there and... I guess this is their way of like saying it's canon because they're doing research. Right. But not specifically stating what the research is. Yeah. Because by the time time they get there, like, you kind of forget. Right. That they were there to do research. Unless the specific research was given to them by someone who appears later. Yeah, we just get narration that says Ash and Go are investigating the legends surrounding Arceus. So they travel to Canalave City in Sinnoh. They're here in the role as research fellows to investigate the way people of Sinnoh lived in a distant past. 
And that's basically it. There is, I think, an implication that they might be going to the Canalave library, which you see for a second as they're running. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that that would make sense. Yeah, and that's also my question, is why is this festival happening in Canalave? Well, there there is, I think, some justifiable reason. Canalave has the library. So it maybe has a lot of research located there and condensed. But the literal town that it's based that we see here in the game. Oh, I was I was mistaken before. Um, it's Jubilife Village in Legends Arceus. So you would think that maybe they would recreate it there. That's true. Unless they just. <laughs> yeah, you see, I can't. I can't think of a reason. Maybe I guess it was because the library is there. Yeah, it could be like this. But that's still like like not really answered as to why that specific location was chosen. Right. I would think it would be either Jubilife or Celestic Town. Like either of them kind of seem like a better place for it. But maybe if we really dig into it, Calave just has a lot of funding for history and, and and like cultural events because of the library. So they did it there. But it's just an odd choice given how much we know about this in the games. And, and like specifically, Calave City isn't really formed in the games either. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's just they decided that specific city, but all of Sinnoh is actually doing this festival. Hmm. That's true. Another thing, again, if we're looking way too deep into it, could be Jubilife is a big metropolitan area that just doesn't have space for it, and Canalave is the closest city that can accommodate this or something. Yeah, that could probably be it. So that's as much as I can tell. Um... It is a little weird in the games that Jubilife is the like the first village or first city of Sinnoh because Canalave is actually the one that's closest to the ocean. So it could also be that or something. I don't know. Maybe Jubilife Village eventually became Canalave City and Jubilife Village just like, they just made a new Jubilife city separately. So, I don't know. Could be a number of reasons. Just had me thinking for a while. But after that, they run into Don, of course, who is wearing a very specific outfit from the game. Were you able to recognize it? Yes, this is the Garchomp one. Nice! Yeah, I had to look it and, up. I yeah, was like... and I, I knew it because... Uh, I think the the Growlithe one was one of the pre-order bonuses. Mm. And then I remembered Garchomp was also a pre-order bonus. Oh, okay. So just by looking at the, the color palette, um, I had to figure out, like, is it the Growlithe or is it the Garchomp? Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought yeah. Growlithe too at first. And then I had to go and look up all the outfits and just kind of scroll through. and like, oh, that one's it. Yeah, and I was waiting for them to pull out, like, the Baneful Mask, but nobody had it. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, So, yeah, Dawn's there. She's wearing this. 
And she tells them, oh, yeah, I borrowed these clothes. And I'm like, did you just not want to say I rented this outfit or something? Would, would she have rented it? Well, my that's my assumption. It's like you're going to a historical festival. You want to, like, dress the part or something. So you, like, rent it but the way she just kept saying borrowed was really weird to me so that's why i'm mentioning it considering she said she borrowed it and who she got it from i kind of believe that it was borrowed okay i well the thing is then she's like how about you guys borrow clothes and like what (laughs) like who (laughs) what where's this coming from like i i assumed that she rented the clothes from the organization that's putting this event on and like like anyone can do it it's not just like oh i have to know this character to borrow clothes from them for this event yeah i guess they just didn't want to use the word rent yeah that or that, bought borrowed <laughs> it right can't can't make mention to anything that's money related in, in the show yeah uh but then she's like okay let's go and get the clothes and we run over to a hut that has like a curtain in it and she pulls it back and we see Cynthia just like <laughs> standing there. <laughs> and I do like she has the Garchomp kimono, but I kind of wish Don had something else. Well, she probably borrowed it because Cynthia's pokemon is garchomp right and i I, apparently she just bought three kid sizes also (laughs) unless like she had a whole mess of them like made in case people wanted that specific right because the room that they take them to is like a historical area there's a bunch of pottery and there's some like mannequins with other clothes on them also um i think it's a historical exhibit and that's where, like, the Pokemon go and find things. Um, and then everyone dresses up. I, how do you feel about this introduction of Cynthia in this series? It was okay. Um, I mean, like, if you've seen Journeys, she's kind of always there. So mm. it's not right. <laughs> she kind of loses, loses her her luster. Is that the word? Sure. Uh, so, cause she's pretty much like in a lot of episodes, uh, but I, I kind of have to give, uh, props to her voice actor cause she's the same voice actor as Dawn's. Right. So she was probably doing double duty that entire series. Uh, but I do wonder if like she's recorded her lines separate from her characters or like at the same time. That would probably be difficult, wouldn't it? Ye- like to go from Dawn to um, I already forgot her name, Cynthia. To, uh, Cynthia, <laughs> <laughs> like right off the bat. Oh no, you're gonna get canceled now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I. I also thought it was kind of weird. Like it, it, it felt less important that she was just like, oh hi. Like, every time it feels like she usually has an impact when she's on screen, but it's been diluted a little bit. Yeah, she definitely always has an impact, and this kind of felt a little less. Right. Because it's like, like, oh, 
She's just standing there, like, oh. Yeah, like, like what? Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, you're the champion. Like, the, every other time we've seen her in the anime for Diamond and Pearl, there's always been, like, crowds of people or, like, a bunch of important figures around her. I think she's just like, oh, hi. <laughs> I have a historical yeah. exhibit. That's all right. We'll get back to them in a second because then we have a hard cut to the middle of a volcano. <laughs> what do you think about this transition? I definitely wasn't expecting that this would be a thing because, like, for me, I I kind of thought like, oh, okay, there's probably just gonna be a focus on just the kids mm-hmm. and then learning about it, like the whole history, which I, which I I I get again like I was like, kind of bummed that they also both got uh, Garchomp kimonos. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, definitely, like, when it went to this volcano, I was like, oh, okay, so what's going to happen here? Right. It was like, oh, there's conflict, maybe. Uh, it definitely surprised me as well. I had expectations that was more about, like, let's go explore the history of Sinnoh. And it would be kind of whimsical. And then we get to this, and it's like, oh, Oh, okay. This is happening, I guess. Um, and what's happening is Heatran, the legendary Pokemon, is being ambushed by Team Galactic as uh, some grunts along with their commander, Saturn. And there's a very obvious pause where Saturn is... Where Saturn, like, has the art, like, I don't know what to call it. It's it's like an art smear thing where they change the scene a bit. Um, it's like what they do a lot oh, at the yeah, end of episodes. It's like like a like they give it like a kind like of a, like a like a sketchish, right? Yeah, 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 like a sketch. Yeah, and I guess yeah, I guess it was just used like. For the impact of like, oh, he's here. Like, he's he just returned. Well, this is actually where I'm going to jump to our edits for the episode, dub edits to be specific. One of them says that the Japanese text depicting the names of Candelave City and the Team Galactic Commanders are edited out. So... What that means is that when they do this sketch shot, what was there in the original was the name of the commander. And to me, that makes way more sense because it's just very random. Otherwise, it's like impact. But like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And also like for kids who have Mm -hmm. like watching this and don't know anything about the history of Diamond and Pearl. It would also be, like, a good thing for, like, them to know who this is. Yeah, so that's why it's weird they didn't, like, make an English version? Yeah. Like, they very did what his name was. Right, like, and, and you've never played the original Sinnoh games? No, I never played the games, no. So, 
there's a ton of people that are just like, what? <laughs> like, am I supposed to feel or am I supposed to learn something from this? Which makes sense in the original, but I think loses that intention here. And to me, like, if it was, like, a louder sound effect or something, maybe that would have helped. But it was very kind of like, oh, look, this guy's important, I guess. But then it keeps going. It's not, like, long enough to have a really good impact, in my opinion. Yeah. But what does have an impact is the Team Galactic Grunts sending out Golbat to try and confuse the... um, the Heatran, I think heat it hits him either with Screech or or Supersonic. But then Heatran climbs up a wall and takes him out with Stone Edge, to which Saturn sends out his Toxicroak to use Dig. And Dig is four times effective <laughs> against Heatran, so really good choice there. And then he and uses a Dusk Ball to catch it. Yeah, I kind of like that. I didn't expect it. Yeah, oh, same. I saw, the, I saw him pop it out and I was like, ooh, a Dusk Ball. So, this is also something that I thought was interesting. Normally, when Team Rocket or Team Galactic does stuff like this, or like when they they're trying to like take over stuff, they don't use Pokeballs to catch things. They usually like use catch con- them. containers or nets or something. Yeah. So I always thought that was interesting that. They very clearly like, no, let's just cut to the chase and use a ball. And they use a really good ball for it because dust balls are way more effective in caves. Yes. And um, was was his Krogong still shiny? Or was it the oh, regular? His Toxic Croak? Yeah. Oh, it's Krogong. Yes, it's Toxic Croak. Yep. It was still that weird pale blue where it's almost shiny. Like the only difference is the sack on its throat is usually a different color. But basically shiny, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've really stuck to that in the in the show, uh, and then the the scene ends by him radioing back to G two, letting them know that their capture is complete. G two, of course, being Commander Mars, and we get a cut back to a shiny rainbow plate like thing back at their base what did you think when you saw that i thought it was like a crystal I was like, mm-hmm. what what could they use this crystal for i was like i wasn't uh pretty sure because it does have like this uh specific shape and it's multicolored. Mm-hmm. so i thought it was either like a crystal or like a sort of prism that they were I guess going well what I had assumed was it was just something that they're going to use for a machine mm-hmm. that's what I assumed because I I just saw it I was like oh, okay they're probably working on like a machine or something and the heat run was just for them to catch but I could I didn't know what that specific reason for the heat run was other than them just wanting to catch it yeah I was like what is this <laughs> I, was, yeah. I it took me a second and immediately i was like is this the jewel of life ah uh, okay and for those of you who don't know there is a pokemon movie called arceus and the jewel of life which 
is all about the Arceus plates, basically. And I was like, are we referencing this movie? And I, like, we'll talk more about it as we continue in the bit. But that was, like, the weirdest thing for me. It's like, you're doing a lot here without explaining as much as you should be. I don't know how it's going to pay off yet, so I don't want to critique it too much. But I'm very skeptical about the payoff of this. <laughs> uh, and one other thing before we move on here from Team Galactic. While I do like the dust ball, it did feel a little too easy to me how they caught Heatran. Yeah, because even I was shocked. Like, wow, he caught it? Like, <laughs> right? It was just like one yeah, dust ball. Like, it wasn't something I expected. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess he got some a bit of ghost magic and just caught it with <laughs> one, one throw. If goes in your region, your yeah. rates of catch go your way up. Go way up. That's funny. Uh, so that's it for that stuff. Um, let's move on back to our heroes who are exploring the historical exhibit with Cynthia. And it's a cool room, honestly. It is, but I'm kind of bummed mm -hmm. because of what they show. Um, because. Oh, and we'll, we'll get into that right now. Yeah, it's like a room that has Mount Cornet model in the middle and then a bunch of paintings on the side. One of them is what we see in the trailer for a second, which is all these Hisuian forms, including evolutions such as Weirdeer, Basque Legion. And then it like has a weird moment where it goes from the paint style to the anime style. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> when I first saw the trailer, I assumed those things were going to be like, the normal Pokemon in current day dressed up as their old counterparts. So I was like, what, what was the point? Like, then we cut back to the point of view of the heroes and it's, it's not like they actually saw the painting move. It's, it's still there. <laughs> yeah. So the, the reason, the reason I, I was bummed was because they had advertised it as um them going back in time mm. to Hisui mm -hmm. itself. Um but that didn't happen. So I was kind of hyped because I was like, oh, okay, it's not gonna be canon. They're gonna be in Hisui somehow because they're gonna do it like like in the game. Mm-hmm. But that was their only appearance. So I'm kinda of bummed because Yeah. Ever since they showed um Basque Legion, like the first thing that came to my mind was like I need to see that in the anime somehow. And uh, that's the only mm -hmm. way we saw it. So, yeah, kind of... I, I also had like that at the back of my mind is like, is this going to be a time travel story? Yeah, because but... I think that's how they had advertised it for mm -hmm. the, the Amazon Japanese release, which is why I was like, and then when I saw... about it. Right, it's like, oh, they're going to actually go back and do it. Uh, but then when they saw the Netflix release and Go says, oh, they recreated the town. I was like, oh, maybe they're not going to do that. So um, my expectations were a little less 
tied to a time travel story. Yeah, but Pikachu's impressions but are always I, I, spot on. What was that? I said um, Pikachu's impressions are always spot oh. on. <laughs> yeah, there is a little callback of Pikachu doing its impressions here, which it's famously done throughout the series. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> I do wish it had more recognition from, like, the Hisuian forms had more recognition from everyone else, though. <laughs> and then Ash catches, uh, and then Ash asks, how did people used to catch Pokemon back in the day? And Cynthia pulls out the ancient Pokeballs that we have in the games. Yeah, so they, they, they pretty much, like, gloss over the Pokemon. Like, nobody yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Like, Stanler has an evolution? Like, why can't yeah. he do that now? Like, Go is here. How is he not, like, just filled with a million questions? Yeah, because I think all he says was, like, oh, I want to catch. I want to catch them. That's pretty much uh-huh. what he says. He doesn't. He doesn't. Which is weird for him because usually... He's always, like, getting information with his phone, like, recording data, and I don't think he does any of that. Yeah, it takes him a while, and honestly, I thought he would be the most excited out of everyone here about this stuff. But everyone's very kind of neutral, like, there isn't a huge spectrum of emotion here, which is kind of odd. Um... But then Cynthia's like, yeah, do you want to do a catching contest? And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. And then they go to this area that Go literally says, it reminds me of Cerise Park. And I was just like, how? What's the difference? It's literally the same (laughs) location. Yeah, I guess they had like a biome, but they just don't say. Yeah, I'm like, is this biome part of Canalave? Like, what is this always here? Like, I had so many questions and I was just annoyed because they literally call out the fact that this background piece and the setting is looks almost exactly like the place that they've been throughout this whole series. Like, it's not, it doesn't seem at least to be like a recreation of an old area in Sinnoh or something. There's just like random Sinnoh Pokemon, which is nice, but like, you're already in the Sinnoh region. It's not like it would be special. Uh, But the only thing that is special, I guess, is when Cynthia is like, come out, everyone. And then we see three Pokemon pop out. But were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it reminds me of where Go and Ash keep their Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lab. That's exactly what Cerise Park is. Yeah, yeah. so that's what, that's what I thought was, like, oh, it's just, like, a little, like, biodome where they have those mm-hmm. Pokemon. Right, right. Um, and three of the Pokemon here are Oshawott, Cyndaquil, and Rowlet, of course. And immediately, I do like that Go calls out... The observation here. Yeah, they're like, well, why these three specific ones? Right, and specifically saying, hey, these are all from different yeah. regions. Yeah, so I really like that. Uh, and then they ask Cynthia what's going on. And 
she's like, oh yeah, it's in the historical record that these Pokemon were brought here from other regions originally. And she has like a painting or something from from back then. And they are going to help her with the catching contest. So... Again, I'm like, okay, are these your Pokemon? Like, uh, who's running this exhibit? Is it theirs? Um, Is the catching contest only for the people that are your friends, Cynthia? Or is this, like, part of the festivities? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, that's kind of a, like, I assume? I guess, like, everybody Mm -hmm. who goes to that specific exhibit gets the to play the the game but like they never mention hisui they just call it mm-hmm. ancient sino mm-hmm. which kind of like bugged me a bit um but yeah i was kind of curious to see like okay how are they gonna do the the catching because like the pokeballs have like a lock on them mm-hmm. so i was like okay are they just gonna throw in they're gonna get chucked like they're gonna get hit or do right. they specifically have to do it themselves, unlatch it, and throw it? Yeah, I. that was one thing that bothered me, too, is that Cynthia didn't really explain, like, oh, this is how you use the balls, and it's different than modern balls. They just kind of talk about the design being different and that it's wooden. Yeah. But they don't really talk about, like, how to utilize it in any way that's different from other balls. Yeah, which was funny because like when when um they make that mention like oh it's made out of wood, like I I, I said out loud specifically oh it's made out of acorns specifically. Oh right, apricorns. I, I, there you go, apricorns. <laughs> like right when they say oh it's made out of wood, like like I don't know why I just like replied back to to the characters like made out of apricorns specifically. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but that's so uh. That's so weird. Like, Ash has literally seen this happen because he was in Johto and Kurt did that. But no one acknowledges Apricorns. Huh. All right. Interesting. Uh, yeah. That, okay. That bothers me more now that you mention it. <laughs> Um, okay, and then the catching contest starts, and Cynthia says, if you do it within three minutes or something like that, I'll give you each a prize, and then they all get super competitive about it, um, but not a lot really happens, like, Dawn goes after Oshawott, Ash goes after Rowlet, and then... Go goes after Cyndaquil, which is like, all right, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Mostly because Piplup and Oshawott, Ash's Oshawott specifically, didn't get along before. And and immediately, this Oshawott yeah. does not get along. <laughs> does not get along with him. So, I, and wasn't I there, guess. Wasn't there, like, another Piplup that didn't get along with Ash's as well? Oshawott? Um, no, though like, I do think wasn't there was there an, like, an episode. Like a, a flirtatious Piplup? Like they were fighting over a Pokemon? No, I think it was still Dawn's Piplup. Oh, was it Dawn's? Oh, okay. Yeah, there was an episode in Journeys where 
a random Piplup is fighting with a, a random Krogunk. But it's a filler episode um, in Snowpoint City, I think. But basically, the only minor cool thing I can point out here from this segment is that Piplup uses Drill Pack to cut through grass. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a new move for Piplup. It usually just knows Peck. Uh, so this was kind of neat. And I guess it was kind of cool that Oshawa uses its scallop to block it, but that's literally the most interesting part of this thing. Except for the fact, that I guess at the very end, it shows them physically unlocking the Pokeball before throwing it. But again, that brings up the question, who did they just figure it out on their own, or did Cynthia just tell them off screen? <laughs> because it's never really explicitly mentioned. It's just the power of anime. <laughs> yeah, right. They just know immediately. Uh, and then they all just somehow throw their balls at the same time and catch their designated mons. And we get the smoke effect, which Go does mention, I think, right? Yeah, they, they mention it because they, they acknowledge, like, they see the smoke. And I, I, I really like like the uh, the catching animation because mm-hmm. you see like a little light force when the ball closes before the smoke comes out. Right. It, it makes it very clear that it's not a regular Pokeball and it matches a lot of what you see in, in the game. Yeah. So that's, re- that's definitely cool. And then they bring out their Pokemon uh, and it kind of has a smoke effect too when they come out. Very subtle. But you do see the blue aura kind of have a, a smoky texture to it. Yeah, it was pretty. It was cool to see. Yeah, that was nice. And <laughs> Oshawa and Piplup suddenly really <laughs> like each other. Yeah, that was funny. Then Don notices it too. Like, when did these two suddenly get along? Right. <laughs> like, they're just fighting. And then they're all like, all right. What's the prize? <laughs> and Cynthia pulls out two, three massive books about the legends of Sinnoh. Did you, what did you think they were, they would be? Like before, like when she had mentioned them first, before she revealed that they were the books, like did you have a guess what, what the possible prizes could have been? I was thinking so many things besides that. <laughs> Let me go down the list. My first thing was, oh, maybe she'll give him a Hisuian Pokedex. Oh, okay. Like, here's an ancient replica of an old of like the first Pokedex. Yeah. Because all of them are Pokedex holders. And it's like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, and it would help with their their research. Right, like, they can be like, oh, this is great. This helps us, like, understand the history of the decks and how people have, like, developed with Pokemon. Uh, My second one would have been... uh, The Flute. The Azur Flute. And be like, oh, cool, like, historical musical instrument. Uh... (laughs) 
Next idea would have been either like a jet ball or a gigaton ball, one of the balls that is exclusive to Legends Arceus. Yeah, huh? The, they should have made cameos, those Pokeballs. Right? Like, that would that'd be cool. cool. It's like, oh, here's another history, and you just use the balls. So it's like, oh, now you can use these. And, like, they, yeah, they work on any Pokemon. So Yeah, because she had told him, like, you only get one chance. To uh-huh. That. Right. Like, she was very specific about that. So I was like, oh, maybe... It would be cool if you get, like, a, a replica. Like, it doesn't have to be a working jet ball or gigaton ball or something. It would be cool, though. But it's, like, here's a replica because it, you're a trader and this is, like, a history thing. And you just got to experience what it's like to use an ancient Pokeball. So, those were mine. Did you have any specific predictions? The, the only thing that, like, came to my mind were the little, like, uh, masks that you unlock mm. in the game. Cause you know how they have, like, the Pikachu one, the Shinx one? Yeah. They had, like, a little Bonnyu one. Yeah, I thought maybe that would be uh, one of the prizes. I don't know why, like, the first thing was, like, oh, she's going to say they get to keep the Pokemon. I don't know why that was, like, <laughs> the first thing I thought about immediately. Mm-hmm. I was, like, it would make sense. They caught them. Of course they're going to keep them. Um, right. But I I don't know why that was, like, for me, that was like, oh, that's the prize. Uh, but I think that was pretty much it. Just like those little face masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the books. Yay, books. Because Yay. And I'm like, not personally <laughs> against them. It's just, you're doing a Legends Arceus special. Like, give them something that's related to that. And it... And that would be the most valuable thing. But you give them books that have nothing to do with anything <laughs> like it's so odd to me and also i was asking who wrote the books are they by cynthia like is it like a big deal that she's giving them to the to to our heroes because it doesn't seem like it's a very exclusive prize like it's not they just look like a mass published book that anyone can buy so it doesn't make a lot of sense that they're like oh this is the big prize for this thing yeah i wonder like what other winners of this game would think of the book (laughs) yeah i again it's like are there other winners do other people play this we literally see no one else (laughs) so yeah I I hope they get better prizes than <laughs> this. Uh, that's pretty much it for this moment, though. Goes the only one excited about this, which is like, all right, fine, that makes sense. And then we go back to the Team Galactic headquarters, where Mars turns around from working on her computer, and we get that sketch. And then we look at Saturn, and we get that sketch again. <laughs> and in comes walking in Saturn, holding the dust ball with Heatran. And everyone's like, okay, we can get started. Cool. Um, Mars's voice actor did come back. I'm not entirely sure about Saturn, but I'm pretty sure... Oh, I mean, I am, I'm pretty sure that Saturn's voice actor didn't come back, but I'm not sure if Jupiter's did. I couldn't really remember. I, I do know that, like... 
he he was a four kids actor because when I heard him, I was like, oh, he sound familiar. Voice. Yeah, I was like, I know that voice. That has to be a four kids actor. He does remind me of um <clears throat> of. Like at first, I thought it was like uh, Neji from Naruto, mm-hmm. but then after hearing his voice, like, no, that's not him. Um, I don't know his name, but he was like the the role I remember him more for is uh, in Yu Gi Oh, because he plays a Yu Gi Oh character. Oh, okay. I was thinking he was James's voice actor. Which James? From Team Rocket. He did sound a bit like him, right? Yeah, yeah. That's Let me look first, it up. At first, I thought like, "Is that James?" But then I was like, um, it "Sounds like Neji." But then, hearing his voice, like I know it sounds familiar. He so. might be the same one, actually. It doesn't look like anyone else is listed as having played Saturn in the English dub. Huh? He just sounded very soft in comparison to what I remember him. Okay, that's interesting. Uh. Just for the sake of time, we'll skip over Jupiter. Uh, maybe we'll cover it next time. But he, Jupiter says, we will now begin the Heatran experiment. Which is like, oh, okay, there's a specific reason for this Pokemon. What is it? Everyone's standing by. There's a grunt saying we're commencing vibrations of this crystal. And it starts to glow a little bit more. And Saturn's like, all right, Heatran, let me your power. So it comes out and it uses Magma Storm, which is its signature move. And it just like goes full blaze on this crystal, which starts sparking. There's like energy meters going out of control. And someone says that it's it's the first step in the creation of a brand new world for team galactic but then jupiter says we actually need more power than this to open the dimensional portal so this is like oh okay so this is like they need power they're trying to open the dimensional portal and then someone says we've gone past critical levels and that's where things sort of get out of control. Like there's a big flash of light. And there's like a big burst of energy that comes out from the base. And you see like wild Pokemon affected. What did you think about all this? So they, they named it what it was, right? Okay, the name of it is the Flame Plate. And it doubles, according to them, it doubles Arceus's power. Yeah, so so my question, like, when I had heard it was, um, okay, because cause I had remember that, you know, the plates is where I left off. And I was like, that's a plate? Like, to me, that, again, <laughs> it was like a prism or a crystal? Right. So I was like, oh, okay. So, not knowing what it, it would actually look like in anime form. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first question. But my second one was, how did they get it? Yeah. Same. Because, like, is there, like, like in terms of, like, the games, do Arceus's plates, like, play a factor in Diamond and Pearl, the games, or? So, in the games, you find them in the underground or in different places throughout Sinnoh. 
And they're basically just items that enhance a specific type of move. So like the flame plate would be something that you you can give someone as a held item and it'll increase their fire type moves. Oh, okay. So well, this and they're usually very distinct in how they're portrayed where it's like it's red or it's like um it's blue or something like that for water. Yeah. And what's weird about it is that in the Legends Arceus game, they're like square slash rectangular. And uh-huh. then in the anime, when you see the Jewel of Life, they're kind of in the shape of what we see here, but they're way smaller. So that's why I was like, the flame plate is just one of many. Like, if you had all of them and for some reason it combined to look like this, I would be more impressed. But right now I'm just kind of confused. Yeah. Like, you have this big glowy thing. It's all these colors. It's huge. And then the name reveal is just... It's one of 17-ish... 18, I think, plates. Because there's one for each type. Yeah, and they just say it, like, quickly, like... Uh huh. If you didn't hear it, like you skip, like if you didn't, like weren't paying attention, it just passed by. Yeah. So they kind of made it feel like it wasn't as important for mm-hmm. some reason. I had to replay um, that moment like three times to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I heard it right away. So suddenly I was like, oh, okay, it's a plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the. The 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 aftershock of like when it uses its um what was it called the move that uh he trying to use Magma Storm Magma Storm so the due to like the backlash of it like Pokemon got affected so I right my understanding is that the energy of the plate had like a negative impact on Pokemon which we're gonna see in a second. But it was kind of weird to me that it came from Magma Storm and a flame plate of all things. Yeah. I guess they just needed uh, like a plot device. Yeah. To, for why it would be. Because, yeah, it kind of like it wouldn't make sense, right? Yeah, to me, it would make more sense that you need a legendary fire type and you give it the flame plate to try and destroy something. But here it's attacking the flame plate itself, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't understand how this is supposed to be affecting the dimensional barrier that they mentioned. But this does cause everyone's Pokemon in the area to kind of be alerted to something. So Ash and friends come outside and Grookey, Pikachu, and Piplup all kind of recoil from the effects of this energy that we see. And they're all like, oh, we sent something. Pikachu points towards Mount Cornet? Question mark? And they're like, something doesn't seem right. Let's go see. Okay. uh Uh-huh. And then they go running off. And then we cut to the mountain. Then we get a shot of Arceus just chilling in this weird purple space. 
before it roars and then all the late guardians come out to like well, technically check out sang. what's going on yeah technically it's saying because it's a a whale's cry oh what that's funny is. i said roar because that's what the subtitles say oh okay well, yeah, but I kind a, of like yours better, the fact that it's singing like a whale. Yeah, they use the whale's cry for that. That makes more sense, honestly. It's more peaceful and also sad if it's a whale cry, then it's a roar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they didn't use any um, Star Wars sounds this time. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so what but do you think, think about... I think, I think there is like a, a small roar at the beginning. Oh, that might be it. Okay. But what do you think about this being the way that it summoned the Lake Guardians? I, I, don't, I don't know, because it's like, it could have easily interfered, right? Like, it itself. That's what I'm thinking also, is like, how much power does it have? Why is it calling the Lake Guardians? They come to it, and then they all teleport away. And then we cut back to Team Galactic, where the flame plate is, like, in a vo- tornado of fire before it dissipates and then mars is like that's the first step in our experiment to doing this project thing and then jupiter says oh yeah the energy produced has affected the dimensional barrier and everyone's like aha yes we can open the door to master cyrus and then we cut back outside so what did you think about that detail uh, I mean, I I was intrigued, but for some reason, like, not a lot of it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. But, but I, like, I, I, I was like excited, like, to hear what their specific goal was, because yeah, they kind of, they kind of don't allude to it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you're just like wondering, like, okay, like, what do they need the heat return for? Like, why did they have the plate? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of excited because I was like, ooh, if they bring him back, and it's still Goku's voice actor who voices him, <laughs> I will wave my arms up in the air. <laughs> Wait, is it the same um, voice actor, Cyrus? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Back in the anime, um, the original Diamond and Pearl anime, they used him uh, to voice Cyrus. That's a, Oh, that's so funny. Jam and I had such a long discussion about him, and neither of us, I think, realized it was Sean Shevel. Yeah, because I remember when you guys uh, recorded that episode, I told you guys, like, do you know who... who? Because, um, like, I said it, like, in a way that was like, do you guys not know the... The importance of who his voice actor is. <laughs> I forgot. I think you might have mentioned yeah, it, yeah. Because JM had told me, like, oh, yeah, I know, but, like, I never watched that series. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, as long as you guys know who it is. <laughs> That's funny. That explains why he's so good also. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay, okay, I like this. Um, this is actually where part one ends also, but before there, one thing I like to call out, which is, featured more in the second part is that in the walls of the base you can see stone carvings of cyrus up on the mm-hmm. wall yeah which i was like oh that's cool they don't like make it super obvious 
But if you know, you know. So I, I did appreciate that, that they weren't super like in your face about it. And they will be maybe a bit more in part two, but we'll get to that next time. So anything else we should discuss before our ratings? Uh, predictions. What do you think? Because I've seen the whole thing. Cause right. I I... Yeah, because my thing is I didn't know that it was all put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. What do you think yeah. is going to it's gonna happen i've seen a little bit of the next part um just like the first minute or two because i didn't realize this was the cutoff but as for long-term things i'm kind of torn they i'm not sure if they're going to bring back dialga and palkia because they were a big part of it and i i don't want them to but at the same time it's really weird if you just have arceus by itself like even in the movie, all of all of the creation trio came in of Dialga, Palkia, and Giratina, or at least the Sinnoh mythical Sinnoh legendaries. I mean, I think they're gonna go back to Spear Pillar because that's where I believe that. They last saw Cyrus, so I think that's where they would go to see if they can open a gateway and get him back. And they've shown Cynthia a lot in this episode. And I feel like she should, but she won't come back to help them. (laughs) (laughs) Because the way they show her does not seem like she's very interested in in doing anything other than running this historical exhibit. Like, she doesn't even come out of, like, the the room when this energy thing happens. Are there any specific predictions you want me to make or questions in regards no, no, to the just, future? No, I just want to, like, your general. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's very... It's a weird intro. Like, I, I mean, this is going more to my rating, I guess, but... As much as I like the Diamond and Pearl anime, as the fact that we're doing this podcast probably shows, I don't know if this was the best approach to trying to display the game fully. Because I kind of didn't expect Team Galactic until I saw the newest trailer for Netflix. And... They are technically a part of the Legends Arceus game in a indirect way, but I don't know if they fit well into talking about the mythology or the concepts behind the game. Right now, what they're doing with them is literally tying back to the um the original series, Diamond and Pearl. Yeah, but at the same time, they're making weird little choices like with Heatran. So in Diamond and Pearl, Team Galactic has nothing to do with the post game. But in Platinum, Charon has a whole scheme to try and steal Heatran, or at least the stone, the Magma Stone that Heatran is associated with. And Charon isn't even in this. 
he makes a like he doesn't appear in it at all as a character and he's the main one who's even connected to Heatran and he's the commander that wasn't in Diamond and Pearl originally but then got added in Platinum. So there's a lot of these elements that I'm like what are you doing? Like I'm <laughs> I'm very confused at where it's headed. Uh and I don't think they're paying off enough to make this the Legends Arceus, the the Legends Arceus special as much as they're trying to also tie up or do like an epilogue to Diamond and Pearl. And they wish it was one or the other. Not what we're getting so far with part one. So I think my rating is going to be like a five. Yeah. Um, just based on uh, rating this as its own episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd go with a five too because it's pretty much just like introducing what the problem is that our, our main characters are going to face probably in like the other four episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a slow build in a sense. Uh, but like, let's say you watched this. Well, well you did, right? Because you watched this as a separate thing. But like, let's say this was like a weekly release. So like you only caught one episode one week. Would this specific episode be enough to entice you as a viewer to come back for the week after to watch the rest of the episodes? Ooh. Honestly, probably not the way it ended. If it had gone on for like a minute or two longer, maybe. But the way it ends here was really weird. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because, I mean, it probably would have been enough for me to come back. So the week after. Um, but yeah, just just like with you, like in this first episode, there wasn't really much of a tie-in to the game other than like that small cameo by the four uh, Hisuian variants and then the three starters that were just there and not really mentioned after. Um, so yeah, definitely wasn't like a big tie-in with the game as like the advertisement made it seem like it was gonna Mm -hmm. be i think that's the biggest thing is the advertising for this gave me a different impression and expectation and then it was slightly softened by the netflix one but now i kind of wish it was more like the original expectations that was going to be just time travel and you don't have to think about anything about the present or like the implications immediately at least you can just focus on the story. Yeah, because the original like trailer doesn't never showed anything about Team Galactic. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, Ash and Don and Go are just are gonna travel back in time. Right. But they didn't even do that, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't they haven't really committed, and that's the weird part for me. So, yeah, we're leaving it at five. Again, this is just our first impressions. They could change wildly, maybe, as we go on. Uh, But if you want to stick around and check out part two, feel free to subscribe below to the channel and uh, 
you'll catch it next time when that drops. Again, we're watching the Legends Arceus Chronicles, or the uh, the Arceus Chronicles, not the Legends Arceus Chronicles, over on Netflix, where it just debuted last Friday. So pretty fresh on our minds. And yeah, any final thoughts, Manny? Uh, just excited to see what you think of the rest of the the series. Because uh, I'm usually like don't notice much like of the like non-consistent non-consistent um parts of like the the shows until like i come here and you like make more. <laughs> i ruin it all no you don't ruin it but it's like oh yeah like i notice it but i don't like pay attention to it until like you mention it so it's like oh okay so it's, um, so yeah just very curious to see like what you think um I hope you do enjoy it, mm-hmm. and if you don't, then uh, I guess ask Netflix for your money back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did get Netflix just for this. <laughs> oh, really? Transparent. Yeah. No so way. I'm gonna watch this and then some other series that I've been meaning to, but <laughs> Netflix. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been Will. And I have, my name is Manny. (laughs) We're both a little (laughs) rusty there. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, you've been listening to Sights on Sinnoh. And it does feel good to be back in the Sinnoh region. I will say that. And, you know, next time, as far as I'm aware, we could be saying hello from Hisui. So stick around and find out. And again, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are in the comments below. So until then, have a good one. Bye.